0: What does it take to end cyber attacks? At Cyber Reason, we can tell you exactly what it takes. It takes an army of battle tested defenders on a mission. Defenders who fight foes that operate under the cover of digital darkness. Defenders who think, move, and adapt faster than cyber attackers. Defenders with the technology and effortless automation to spot an attack forming on computers, mobile devices, servers, and the cloud and alert you when it matters most. To end cyber attacks, it takes the brightest minds in global cyber intelligence working to deliver future-ready protection to guard your data wherever the fight moves cyber reason is ready to win the battle with you and for you in the fight to end cyber attacks we are the defenders join us to reverse the adversary attacks with proactive protection against ever-evolving threats cyber reason and cyber attacks from endpoints to everywhere learn more at cyberreason.com. that's c-y-b-e-r-e-a-s-o-n.com
1: We're going to take another international trip. We visited Mauritania, Fiji, and Australia. Make sure to pack accordingly, bring your mask, and buckle up as we head out on another adventure. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Carissa, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of Captain Momoa and the entire crew, welcome aboard Beauty Unlocked Airlines Flight 0023, nonstop service from Australia to Singapore. At this time, make sure your seatbacks and tray tables are in their full upright position, and that your seatbelt is correctly fastened. Also, your portable electronic devices must be set to airplane mode until an announcement is made upon arrival. Thank you, and welcome aboard. Appropriate for us as a um, the only song I can really kind of think of... Hey, friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked. How's it going? Hey, hey. I hope everybody had a lovely week. Uh, I'm recording, as always, on a Thursday, and I'll probably be dropping this tomorrow, Friday, um, for your listening pleasure. But I do hope you had a lovely work week and that you are getting ready for the weekend. Let me know your plans. I want to know. Send it in. You know where to send it in. Beauty Unlocked, podcast at gmail.com. I hope everybody had time to check out the latest bonus episode that I dropped a couple of days ago. I think, was it on Monday? It was probably on Monday. The days are just flying by. We're already at the end of July, and I'm kind of confused as to how time flew. Um, But I do hope that you enjoyed um, the latest bonus episode regarding scrotox, the newest cosmetic trend geared more towards men (laughs) as it it is. Excuse me. um, Botox for your scrotum. I'm not too sure if you can hear in the background, but there's someone going around with a leaf blower, and I'm like dude it's like 6 30 in the morning what the hell like seriously thank god i wake up early although i shouldn't be complaining because he's obviously um cleaning up our streets and i can understand why he's doing it so early because here in cyprus you gotta get your shit done before 10 o'clock it gets and already by then it is fucking hot I've been making some videos. I'm not too sure if anybody has actually watched them. If you haven't, you can go onto the YouTube channel because they're there uh, also on certain social media web or sites, I should say <laughs> such as the Facebook group or page. join, follow us, love us. Um, but seriously, um, I've been making these like tiny little videos of like about two and a half minutes long, and let me tell you. Within like the first two seconds of recording, I am sweating buckets. It ain't pretty, I know. Can't do anything about it, though, because, okay, I could have air conditioning throughout the house. But I tend to only like have air conditioning for a certain amount of time as it's not that great for your health. And I don't want to get too used to it because then you can really feel the difference once you get out of the room where it's like super cold and into this like Freaking heat that like slaps you across the face And you're like what What the fuck just happened how, how did I get here Enough about me complaining about this heat Nothing we can do about it Actually heat and humidity Nothing to do uh, Still have another about two months of this heat <sighs> Alrighty then <laughs> I feel like recording in August Is going to be a, a bit of a battle um, As I'll be dripping with sweat over the laptop that's kind of gross. Gives you like visuals though, doesn't it? I know you're all probably thinking, Carissa, get on with it. Seriously, what the hell? I get it. I get it. I'm getting on. Shit, hold up. Before all that yummy deliciousness that's about to come your way, just a friendly announcement to let you know that the daughter of Lilith will be coming on to the show again very soon. Um, hopefully within the next week <laughs> so we can record part deux um, of our Porn extravaganza I don't even think it would be an extravaganza But we're going to be discussing other aspects of porn And so stay tuned for that With that being said, are you ready? So as I mentioned in the beginning We've traveled, we've been to Mauritania, Fiji, Australia Now we're heading to Singapore Yes, Singapore um, I decided to do Singapore because I have some listeners in Singapore. Hey, hey, how's it going, Singapore? Whoever you are, thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is the day that I decided to record that the leaf blower man is like circling, circling. I can't even speak circling the house. And I'm like, wait, can, can you hear it? Can you? Oh, God. <laughs> in true Mediterranean fashion, the only time leaf blower man stops blowing leaves all over the place, um, is to talk loudly to someone across the street. Because, of course, you know, here within the Mediterranean region, we are loud and proud, I must say. And um, whether we're in close proximity or not, we have to be shouting at each other. (laughs) It can get quite confusing for people, especially if they don't speak the language, because you're not too sure if we're shouting angrily towards each other or just saying, hi, how are you? (laughs) It sounds pretty much the same let's look at some country facts of Singapore. So officially it's known as the Republic of Singapore and it's a sovereign island city-state in maritime Southeast Asia. So the country is home to 5.7 million residents, um, 61% of whom are Singaporean citizens. There are four official languages of Singapore, English, Malay, Chinese, and Tamil, with English being the lingua franca. So although its history stretches back millennia, modern Singapore was founded in 1819 by Sir Stamford Raffles as a trading post of the British Empire. In 1867, the colonies in East Asia were reorganized and Singapore came under the direct control of Britain as part of the Straits' settlements. During the Second World War, Singapore was occupied by Japan in 1942, but it returned to British control um, as a separate crown colony following Japan's surrender in uh, 1945. Singapore gained self-governance in 1959, and in 1963 it became part of the New Federation of Malaysia along, um, alongside Malaya, North Borneo, and Sarawak. So there were some ideological differences which led to Singapore being expelled from the Federation um, Two years later, so in 1965 um, Thereby becoming an independent country So the climate in Singapore is a tropical rainforest climate um, With no distinctive seasons It has a uniform temperature and pressure, high humidity Sounds like Cyprus And abundant rainfall We don't have that much of abundant rainfall here (coughs) <coughs> Excuse me. Temperatures usually range from 23 to 32 um, degrees, or 73 to 90 Fahrenheit. Hmm, sounds like Cyprus. While temperatures, uh, while the temperature does not vary greatly throughout the year, there are wetter monsoon seasons, like from November to February. So I hope you packed accordingly for our trip down to Singapore. Fun fact about Singapore is that it has the world's highest percentage of millionaires with one out of every six households having at least one million US dollars in disposable wealth. This excludes property, businesses and luxury goods, which if included would increase the number of millionaires, especially as property in Singapore is among the world's most expensive. Now, in 2016, Singapore was rated the world's most expensive city for the third consecutive year. Um, by the EIU, or Economist Intelligence Unit, and this remained true um, in 2018. So as of mid-2018, the estimated population of Singapore was uh, 5,638,700 people. So of that, as we mentioned, 61.6% are Singaporean citizens, uh, then, of course, you have uh, about 38.4% uh, that are permanent residents. And you also have international students, foreign workers, and dependents that are around 1.6 million. So according to the country's most recent census in 2010, thats I'm, I'm sure they have more recent census than this, uh, nearly 23% of Singaporean residents, i.e. citizens and permanent residents, were foreign-born. If non-residents were counted, nearly 43% of the total population were foreign-born. The same census also reports that about 74.1% of residents were of Chinese descent, 13.4% of Malay descent, 9.2% of Indian descent, and 3.3% of other, which includes Eurasian descent. So we can see that Singapore has a very diverse culture, um, multiracial, multicultural. So I'll be citing a few articles Actually um, for this episode Well I always cite a few articles But one is from CNA uh Called the Unrealistic Beauty Standards in Asia Then there's another one um, By y- YP.SG Singaporean Beauty Standards um, There's also one From the mothership.SG The Singaporean Standard of Beauty Why I Hate It And Culture, Life, Beauty Standards, Unrealistic, no competition uh, by ricemedia.co There's also another, I'll be also taking the perspective of men from nylon.com.sg What are Singaporean men's biggest beauty insecurities? That was a very interesting article that I um, happened to come across and I'll be mentioning. So we'll take a look at the first article that was written by um, Tan Wei Lin and it was for CNA News Asia, where um, they take a look at some of the most common unrealistic standards of beauty in Asia so the writer Tan Wei Lin remembers growing up as a teen in the 90s and she recalls never missing a single telecast of the Miss Universe and Miss World pageants where her and her sister would sit and root for their favorite contestants as well as picking out all the minute physical flaws of the contestants um, she continues to say that they were young and they didn't really understand what objectification was and they didn't have anyone to point out that pageants projected a super unrealistic beauty standard for women. Thankfully, they grew up realizing that most women looked nothing like the impossibly tall and gorgeous contestants they used to admire and that they didn't have to try to look like them in order to be happy, successful, or confident. She says, and I quote, certainly we aspire to look the best we can, but what is best for you may not be the same for others. Society has a set idea of what is and isn't attractive, and while we've probably read somewhere that this varies between time periods and across different social and cultural communities, we often gloss over the fact that perceptions of beauty are often influenced and even reinforced by a majority group think. So it's human nature to want to be liked and thought attractive, and it's perfectly okay to enjoy a confidence boost when somebody says you're beautiful. But are we just chasing ideals that are set by popular opinion? Tanwei Lin continues to say, what is running that rat race doing to us? When did beauty become a competition? So, as mentioned, she makes a list of some of these unrealistic standards of beauty which um we've covered a lot of them in previous episodes. So, if you're a regular listener, you've already heard the episodes for sure. If you're new to the show, hi, howdy, welcome. Um listen to this episode and then check out the other episodes where we do mention some of these um, unrealistic standards of beauty. So the first one is fairest of them all. So the color of our skin often shapes a big part of our identity. Not only do people often use it as a signpost for one's race or ethnicity, some have used it to read into the lives people supposedly lead. So even today skin color is seen as a measure of social class and status in places such as India and some Southeast Asian countries lighter skin is not just a symbol of beauty but also of perceived power and wealth in these cultures where prejudice against those with darker skin remains fairness has also been a particularly sought after quality in East Asia among the Koreans Japanese and Chinese. So does Western colonialism and its residual impact in contemporary times have a part to play? She says on some level, definitely, especially in societies still coping with a colonial hangover where to be white was to be powerful and privileged. But this particular aesthetic obsession hasn't stopped and continues as a trend. So with porcelain-skinned celebrities dominating screens and fronting ads, hawking all manner of things, it's no wonder whitening skincare has become a key segment for the beauty industry in many Asian countries. Uh, as we mentioned in a previous episode, it, uh, this, um, this, this industry brings in about billion, well billions of dollars annually. So according to the WHO, which we mentioned, a study has uh, found that almost 40 percent of women polled in countries such as China, Malaysia, the Philippines and South Korea said they used whitening products regularly. Uh, This figure is 61 percent in India and the highest um, around the world is in Nigeria with 77 percent. But it doesn't matter how advanced a beauty formula is, there's only so much one can do to lighten skin tone. And if a product says it can do more, it could be a sign that it might contain dangerous ingredients Uh, The writer says, let it be said that whiter skin is not the same as having a more radiant complexion Which we can all agree is perfectly fine, right? And that is what the message to women should be Bright, clear and healthy skin is beautiful no matter the color She continues to list the second one being Social media and filter culture Which I believe we did um, Episode 2 We talked about Snapchat uh, Dysmorphic disorder As well as Oh I forgot Anyway we we did like plenty of other episodes Talking about uh, The correlation between social media And Whether it impacts um, Eating disorders As well as self esteem so definitely check out the those previous episodes because we, we look at them more in depth So social media and filter culture So social media has pervaded many aspects of our lives, not least our perception of beauty Most of all, it has an increasingly big influence on young women who are constantly on the heels of what's trending Sometimes regardless of how realistic those popular beauty ideals are Very true The Instagram face, a look that's characterized by full lips, super strong brows, lush lashes, heavily contoured cheekbones and poreless skin is an example of an artificial aesthetic that countless young women are uh, pursuing, sometimes to the extent of getting plastic surgery. On the other hand of the trend spectrum are the hashtag I woke up like this, hashtag no makeup and hashtag no filter movements that push for a natural or less is more approach to beauty. But it's the same thing how much of that is actually real no one not the majority of us at least wake up looking bright-eyed and rosy cheeks very true or have naturally perfect looking skin without some photo editing nor should women feel any pressure to wake up looking camera ready being judged by how we look is already tough enough how did it get to the point where we're now made to feel bad about ourselves even before we've had a coffee damn straight Countless news reports and studies have already shown how social media can negatively impact self-esteem, especially among the youth. It promotes social comparison and builds feelings of envy, inferiority, and insecurity. According to the study of almost 1,500 teens by the United Kingdom's Royal Society for Public Health, Instagram was the worst social media network for mental health and well-being. Holy shit. It might be quite impossible to go social media free, but one thing we can all do is to apply a more critical eye on the content we see. And this is what uh, Tan Wei Lin says. Third one, the kinky, hairy truth. As women, we tend to hold a lot of emotional ties to our hair. It is undeniably one of the first things people notice about us, and it can significantly, significantly affect our self-esteem, confidence, and certainly our mood. It's not just about simply having a bad hair day Many women with naturally textured hair have grappled with the negative feelings from being curl shamed This is new Glam, shiny curls and glossy straight locks are constantly taking turns being the hair trend du jour But what's not nearly being celebrated enough is natural hair texture God damn right Coarse, kinky hair never fails to draw a reaction from people, rarely positive, even if the media is already trying to make it more mainstream. On the other hand, women who choose to straighten out their curls can also face criticism from another direction. Seriously, you're never gonna make anybody happy, that's for sure. The immediate assumption being that they are concealing their natural texture out of shame. Self-hating via hair straightener. The truth is, most of the time, it could simply be a matter of just making it more manageable. The internal conflict women have with natural hair texture can be complicated, but it doesn't have to be. This is what the writer says. Don't get uh, hung up about the opinions of others and do what feels and works best for you instead. I wholeheartedly agree. Do what feels right for you. Fuck the opinions of others. For fuck's sakes, you'll never make anyone happy. Just make yourself happy. That's what counts. Fuck the opinions of others. On to the next one (laughs) Get your doll face on Or not There's a strange phenomenon that's been going on In the K-pop and K-drama scene And it's got everything to do with uh, Excessive homogeneity Whew I'm getting tongue twisted at this point Most of the women look almost identical And it goes beyond their outfits Hair and makeup If you study their faces You'll realize their features are highly similar It's a doll-like look that is highly desired by the South Koreans and the Chinese, who aren't just hit by the Hallyu wave, but also influenced by mainland stars with similarly delicate features, such as Fan Binbing. Why does that sound familiar? Was that in China? I remember I had students who actually, was it Fan Bing Bing? Maybe it was. I don't remember. Anyway, to achieve this look, a very specific set of features is required. Very pale skin, big eyes with double eyelids, a tiny nose with a high nose bridge, and rosebud lips, all set on a small face that tapers off into a defined, subtly pointed chin. Not many of these can be achieved with just makeup, which explains the soaring popularity of cosmetic surgery in these countries. This kind of reminds me of of the... Beauty aesthetic they were going after During the renaissance You know in Europe Very pale skin Big eyes You know it's like Tiny nose And high nose bridge Hmm According to a study from Bank of America Merrill Lynch South Korea is the plastic surgery Capital of the world With the highest per capita rate Of uh, cosmetic surgery Which we actually mentioned Also in another episode Why can I not remember We've only done 23 episodes And I'm confoculated as to Which episode was what so Gallup Korea uh, found about one in three South Korean women between the ages of 19 and 29 said they have had work done. That's a troubling sign, surely that needs to be addressed. Yes, it does. The weight of expectations. We make assumptions, I don't know why we do, but we do, about people based on their size. We decided who they are, we decided what they're worth. Uh, Billie Eilish said at a concert in Miami earlier this month, Though you've never seen my body, you still judge it and judge me for it. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, not that I say I do that, but I'm saying that as a society, we have a tendency to do this. Uh, So uh, it continues to say that Eilish is not skinny, nor is she anywhere near obese. She has a regular figure that would be common in the real world, which makes her an anomaly in the music industry where young white female stars are still expected to look a certain way, thin, tall, and leggy. Of course, you're not being, ju- this is this is what kills me. You're not being judged by your talent. You're being judged by what you look at. And we can also see this with Adele. Um, Adele is, I'm, I'm not the only way to say this, obviously, but she is extremely talented. And it's kind of the, how she started at a particular weight um, at the beginning of her career uh, compared to now where she lost a lot of weight. And people are making more comments about her weight um, than actually making any kind of comments about her talent. And it's like, okay, so that's how we objectify people. It's, you've lost so much weight, you're looking absolutely gorgeous. And it's not to take away any of the work she's put in uh, to, to her weight loss, but I'm just saying that we're just objectifying her instead of actually judging her by her talent. Because in all reality, You can have the greatest body or the body ideal or whatever and adhere to certain beauty standards, but talent-wise, you might not be that talented. So what do you bring to the table? That's just my opinion. I'm just saying that you're pretty to look at or handsome to look at, but then what? Cause guess what? If that's only it, it ain't gonna be lasting forever. Just saying, on with the like article was just my, my two cents. I just had to put it in there. Being judged by our bodies is very real a th- uh, very real thing for women everywhere, not just celebrities. And it doesn't solely affect those who are overweight. One can be criticized for a myriad of other reasons. Being too thin, too tall, too short, too unshapely. What the fuck? Too full-figured, having small breasts, or conversely, having large breasts. Listen, in all reality, at this point, just having a body, people will criticize you. It doesn't even matter what it looks like people are just going to criticize which goes to show you don't give two shits about people's opinions because you ain't going to make anybody happy make yourself happy first and that's what counts that's just me again it gets to a point where we realize that you can't please everyone exactly but who says you have to your body is yours and your responsibility is to keep it healthy regardless of its shape Just because somebody might be overweight in a certain way or have a different kind of body type does not mean that they're not healthy. Don't make assumptions. Everything else, when you put things into perspective, is really secondary. Body positivity is, first and foremost, about what you feel and think about your body. Damn true. The only thing we all need to shed is the weight of judgment. Yes! So I found this opinion piece by Fatin Ungku called The Singaporean Standard of Beauty, Why I Hate It. And it was written in, I don't know, it says September 27th. I'm not too sure when it was written, doesn't give me a year, but it was written September 27th. And she says, being dark and having a near Afro can give me a hard time in Singapore. For a country that takes pride in diversity, the standards, or should I more aptly say standard, of beauty is rather homogenous, cookie cutter, uninteresting, bland, very unrepresentative of the multicultural and multi-ethnic society singapore is i am pissed beyonce thinks i'm beautiful because her songs flawless that's why you're beautiful and god made you beautiful are empowering tunes and reminders but according to singaporean standards i'm not fair skin big eyes aided by the holy oriental girl trinity of eyeliner fake lashes and rimmed contact lenses long flowy hair that is soft and smooth with minimal frizz waif-like figure and the most bizarre one i've come across a slim v-shaped face she continues to say congratulations you are beautiful so these are her pet peeves the number one pet peeve i have with singaporean standards of beauty is that the idea that fair skin is preferable to darker skin tones this idea probably comes from a deep-seated colonial hangover where the closer one resembles um An ang mo the better looking he or she is or perhaps the fact that having darker skin showcases one's economic standing after all in the past the working class were darker as we mentioned um, as they got tanned while engaging engaging in manual labor under the hot sun. Oh, so this piece was written in 2014, but it's 2014 now. Darker skin tones do not indicate your socioeconomic status. No, they don't. It just means that you have South Indian ancestry or are Malay or used to play some outdoor sport um, in secondary school. Of course, like all standards, uh, the Singaporean standard of beauty has anomalies too. And she cites an example. Um, except when the darker skinned are being called pretty or seen as attractive, they are usually backhanded compliments, such as, Siti is very pretty for a dark Malay girl, huh? Yeah, cause she's got sharp nose and her eyes damn big and eyelashes so nice, see ya. Okay. You basically need some features that resemble that of a Caucasian to compensate your dark, ugly skin. In Malay, we have a term called hitamanis, which means sweet-looking, dark person. Because, you know, most dark people don't look very nice. No one calls a fair person sweet looking fair person. You are just sweet looking. Ah, the double standards. Fatine goes on to talk about beauty products. So let's not forget the plethora of skin whitening products available here. It's sickening. You have whitening products for fairer face, fairer body, fairer nipples, and fairer buttholes. Hold up, fairer nipples? I mean, fair enough we've talked about butthole bleaching, but you can also get creams, whitening creams for your nipples too. What the hell? all right i will break into lady gaga's born this way the next time a sales assistant tells me product x will make my skin better because it will make my skin whiter do you not understand that i have tanned skin because i was born like this that this is not a defect that nothing is wrong with my tanned skin she goes on to talk about her hair so having very 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 curly hair and being teased about it because it doesn't fit into the ssb so singaporean standard of beauty hurt my self-esteem quite a bit as a kid my schoolmates back in school would ask me what was wrong with my hair or whether i combed or washed it regularly lord some with good intentions even told me my hair's the way it is because i haven't experienced the magic of conditioner you know that thing that you use after shampoo it makes my hair soft exclaimed the straight glossy haired sarah i shampoo condition and use a leave-in conditioner <laughs> for the unenlightened, it is the conditioner post-shampoo and the usual in-shower conditioner. My hair is still as big and as frizzy. I don't blame them for coming to such conclusions because firstly, you don't see many people with naturally big hair like I do on the streets of Singapore. And secondly, we have been conditioned, pun intended, to believe through advertising and pop stars with hair on hand that frizz is bad and straight and silky is good hair. As a result, Singaporeans become ignorant to the physical features of those who look different and deem their features as bad or wrong. I have curly hair, but there is nothing inherently wrong with it. I do not need it to be fixed. She continues by citing other um, SSBs or Singaporean standards of beauties that she, uh, beauty that she finds infuriating. Contact lenses to make your pupils bigger. Creepy. Uh, This sounds like what they used to do uh, They used to put in Italy Belladonna (laughs) Deadly nightshade into their pupils To make them bigger Uh, The second one Creams to achieve a V-shaped face Really? Do women actually buy these things Thinking that their entire bone structure Would change in six weeks? Eyebrow tattoos Does this mean that you won't be able To change your expression forever? Forever? The products and services available for people to conform to the SSB Does not stop there There are double eyelid surgery, chemical hair straightening And even rollers to make your cute flat Asian button nose To that of a Caucasian's What? Okay So I've managed to sound like an angry, very affected, dark-skinned frizzball While I understand the standards of beauty are not exclusive to Singapore I just wish Singaporeans as a multicultural, multi-ethnic nation Celebrate diversity instead of pressurizing people to conform into a single mold Come on, we have enough of that from the government already Damn (laughs) Woo I love finding these kind of articles and blog posts Um Written by people who live you know in that culture because of course when you see a lot of these um, travel ads to these countries Of course they're going to show the diversity and how multicultural the country is But it's great to get the perspective of people who actually live there because the government is always going to be like come to us you know, we're pretty pretty and all this, you know But I love getting these kind of opinion pieces where people just speak the truth and are like, you know what? This like pisses me off. This enrages me. This is the standard of beauty. It's tire it's tiring to always, you know, be as if your 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 worth is measured by this look and that everyone must look the same. And I'm just like variety is the spice of life. Well, that was my I wouldn't really call it a rant, <laughs> but I just had to put in my two cents as always. So when I research articles, I'm always interested, obviously, in finding the different side of things. I'm not always into the clean cookie cutter stuff. I want to get down and dirty. That sounds so wrong, but you know what I mean. And I fell upon this article. (laughs) I fell upon it. (laughs) But it's called, We Ask Singaporean Men What Their Biggest Beauty Insecurities Are. And I always want to get that male perspective. So until we get future guests, That identify as male I want to look at this article from Nylon.com.sg And it was written last year It's almost a year old It was written um, on August the 20th 2019 and it's by the editorial Team And they start by saying If there's one thing beauty and securities excel in It's delivering an impressive arsenal Of self-doubt and self-loathing It's ingrained into us seriously That's my take right there as for societal judgment easy and you can bet even men deal with this too it's not just about validation from society anymore it's about the liberation from self-consciousness while men and women do indeed receive different forms of negative connotations when it comes to their physical flaws that's a whole different story honey we set out to investigate how singaporean men feel and handle their beauty insecurities stay kind I'm going to read some of them. I'm not going to read all of them, but um, to um, any of our male listeners out there, can you relate to any of these insecurities? So the first one is, I'm insecure about my thinning hair. Having a hair loss problem is definitely a top insecurity of mine, with premature hair loss being more prominent in males than in females. There is also a social stigma against men using beauty products. Think concealer or hair prevention products. Even though these items are a normality, when a man uses them, we are criticized for trying too hard to look good. Why does it always have to be seen as competing with society's beauty standards? And um, this was Sean, 29. I'm insecure about my thin brows. Brow pencils are a game changer. It's idiot proof and I'm living for it. I'm a heavy binge watcher of Korean dramas and the male actors always have thick bushy eyebrows. Why couldn't I be blessed with that trait? I feel that women, in general, equate how thick our brows are to our manliness. God forbid someone questions how masculine I am. Get over yourself, Charlotte. Okay, whoa. (laughs) Nevertheless, I'm still very insecure about my thin brows and always overdraw them before I leave my house. Sebastian, 32. I'm insecure about my big lips. I usually hide my lips when I ask others to take pictures of me. I grew up with big lips, courtesy to my mother. That being said, I won't blame genetics But having thick lips as a guy I usually encounter girls who always comment on my lips once they see me While some admit it's sexy I have this nagging feeling that anyone who looks at me automatically stares at my lips This is most problematic when I have to take group pictures I feel that big lips aren't desired as compared to when girls get lip fillers It doesn't feel like we are held to the same beauty standard Akam, 30 Here we have Who's this? kingsley 20 he says i'm insecure about my naturally curly hair let's clear something up growing up with naturally curly hair isn't as genetically blessed as it seems i find it so difficult to style or straighten my hair because of my current state my friends uh my straight hair buddies occasionally poke fun or girls casually twirl my hair with their fingers without asking i wish they would stop in fact i always have the urge to just shave my head we have um, Leonard, 28, who says, I'm insecure about my monolids. I'll be quite honest. I didn't have much of a problem with my single eyelids till I studied overseas. Yes, yes, yes. Asian features will definitely be different from our European counterparts. However, the teasing from local students wore me down. Even now that I'm back in Singapore, I have male friends who also opt for double eyelid surgery. I wonder if it's because we're told through those beauty campaigns or movie narratives that double eyelids are the standard of attractiveness for both men and women. Although I've learned to accept and love the way I naturally look, sometimes it just takes one beauty ad of a male model with double eyelids to trigger my deep down beauty insecurity. We have Swan Yi. He says, I'm insecure about my weight. Personally, I'm insecure about my weight the male body the extra fat that adds to curves is not as flat- flattering as that of a woman you're either fit or you're not which makes me very self-conscious to wear clothes that are more fitting to the body um mika 25 says i hate my body hate juice diets been there done that working out at the gym we're well acquainted if you can explain why i can't seem to lose weight please dm me i never take photos of myself constantly shying away from any phones just wishing i could fit in clothes that aren't tagged in extra extra large i know it isn't fair to compare how girls and guys are scrutinized over their weight but every time i go to the gym in in attempts um, of looking better i get judgmental stares from six-pack dudes just never accepted god damn it seriously who are those six-pack dudes i'm gonna kick some ass let me tell you one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody who has bigger body goes to the gym and then you get um i've seen others do this they look at them in such a way as if to say like what are you doing here seriously and it's like excuse you what the hell mind your business lift your goddamn weights don't look at what anybody else is doing i cannot stand people who just shame you know anybody who's trying to make a change in their lifestyle that is their business and it's not it's not we shouldn't and this is one of my things unsolicited unsolicited opinions it's just or unsolicited glances or any kind of sly remark Keep them to yourself, please. I cannot stand any kind of bullying, shaming, being judgmental. I'm like, live and let live. Mind your business. I'm all about people minding their own goddamn business. I would classify that as a small rant and rave. (laughs) We're going to go to the last one and i believe it's nick 29 he says i'm insecure about my eczema i've had eczema for about 11 years now and it's crazy how my self-confidence is tied to the condition of my skin on the rare good days when my skin clears up and it feels 90 percent normal for once i'm more than happy to go out and meet friends or even smile at strangers if i catch them looking my way i feel amazing but when it goes to shit suddenly i'm insecure as fuck and i'd i'd avoid even looking at myself in mirrors if i had no choice but to be outside i can't help but keep my head down and avoid meeting anyone's gaze i just want to be alone at home but it gets depressing sustaining a career with eczema can be difficult too there's really no way to tell when a flare-up is going to happen you do all you can to manage your skin but if it goes bad it go it goes bad and that'll put you out of work indefinitely You can have a job you love, but eczema can ruin that. Dating has also been difficult. Talking to girls on dating apps is fine until I bring up my condition and suddenly the conversation's dead. At this point, I don't even expect to be going out with any girls until I'm better. Even if I did get a chance to talk to one, I'll always think she'll never see me as a prospective date. I mean, first impressions count, right? I know I shouldn't be tied down by my condition I've met similar individuals with eczema but at the end of the day the only thing I can remember about them was just how confident they were despite their condition I try but it's hard reading these kind of stories just gets to me it's just like it pulls at my heartstrings and I'm like no but I, I know it's difficult obviously in a society that's so cut up, caught up I can't speak it must be the heat I'm telling you Actually, no, it's been like this since I started this show. (laughs) But in a society where we're just judged by our physical appearance, it's so difficult to go from, you know, again, a society that tells us to, like, hate ourselves because of imperfections and flaws that, you know, we supposedly have, which are not flaws, you know. It's just part of our bodies. And it's so difficult to kind of flip the switch from self-loathing to all of a sudden being like self-loving and saying, it's all right. Like, I don't mind if I have eczema or I don't mind. And it's so difficult. So reading any of these kind of stories, even stories from uh, previous episodes, just pulls at my heartstrings. Cause I'm like, ah, I know the struggle is real. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I would love to hear from you guys whether it be on Instagram or, or Facebook DM me, send me messages send me an email at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com I want to know if you can relate to these stories if you have similar struggles let me know what you think about our time here in Singapore in this lovely heat and humidity <laughs> oh seriously heat and humidity oh. Don't forget to follow us on social media. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. uh, Beauty Unlocked, the podcast for the Facebook group. It is a private group. So join, well, send a request in and I'll accept you into the group. Um, On Instagram The family is definitely growing I'm putting a lot of content on there Dare I say more than I do Post on the Facebook group and page I'm so naughty, spank me But uh, you can find us on Instagram At Beauty Unlocked Podcast Don't forget to also check out Patreon We got two tiers for the moment, so check that out at patreon.com forward slash beautyunlocked and see what perks you get when you become a member of, or should I say a patron of the Patreon. I always get so confoculated with that, so complicated. And don't forget to also subscribe to our YouTube channel because we'll be putting up, we, me, myself and I, we will be posting (laughs) more content on there. Uh, We're posting content and looking for content creating content all the time so check us out on the social media on patreon on youtube and with that being said i I did a little bit of the spring cleaning right there um i hope you guys have a lovely weekend stay safe as always love each other love yourselves spread some of that sweet sweet love and as always you're going to hear from me next friday bye
0: Wow. This episode is sponsored by shwans.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hm, good question.